Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every $20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at Armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Hello, podcast listeners. Hope you're having a wonderful day, especially on this Labor Day weekend in the United States of America. Enjoy your holidays, fellow podcast listeners, currently right now. But there's still more news to talk about, even though it's Labor Day today here in the United States. And I think what's happening in Europe might potentially play into the markets on Tuesday this week. But at the same time, it's hard to tell because we're just enjoying the holidays here within the United States. So first things first, Volkswagen to decide later today, actually about listing later this year, potentially. Now, granted, by the time I'm probably done recording this podcast, this news will be outdated, but we're still going to be able to talk about a little bit about what it's looking like currently for that. TikTok is upending the music industry and Spotify may be next and what that could potentially mean for the music industry in general and what it might also mean for Spotify too, which is interesting because to record some of these podcasts, it actually does go on Spotify too. So what does the future hold for Spotify? We're going to talk a little bit about the European markets and how they closed a little bit lower. And Russia halts gas flows and auto stocks nearly fall 5%. And at the same time, OPEC is cutting a little bit of supply to the world or production levels, I guess you can say. And India is actually going to take a look at the Russian cap on gas, which might have the market a little bit jittery come Tuesday. And so these are things we're going to be able to talk about today. With that being said, as I always say, This is not financial advice in any way, shape, or form. The whole purpose of this podcast is for information and entertainment purposes for those who wish to listen. You need to go talk to your own financial advisor before making any financial decisions on what you need to do for investing. As your financial advisor, know a lot more than I would. I cannot legally give you financial advice. And like I said, this podcast is for entertainment purposes only. With that being said, let's begin today's podcast. Volkswagen to decide on landmark Porsche listening later on Monday. Okay. Volkswagen leadership will meet later on Monday to decide on whether to proceed with its much-anticipated listing of Porsche as an escalation and an energy standoff between Russia and Europe has caused major market turbulence. Volkswagen will publish a so-called intention to float a potential initial public offering in late September or early October, assuming its supervisor's board gives the go-ahead as as its meeting late on Monday. But the carmaker could shorten or extend the four-week period for buyers to express interest or pull its plans altogether should investors not express enough enthusiasm for listening, for listening, for the listening. Two sources close to the reg- negotiation said it would be the technical go-ahead, nothing more. One of the sources said of a decision in favor of triggering a listing. It's paving the way, but this would not guarantee that the stock market bell would ring in the end. The intention to float is expected to include an offering to retail investors in countries in Europe, including France, Spain, and Italy. A source close to to negotiations said in attempting to tap into Porsche's loyal fan base. If investors value sport car brands at the high end of estimates ranging between 60 to 85 billion euros or 60 to 84 billion, 60 to 84 billion, the IPO could be the largest in German history and the biggest in Europe since 1999, refinitive data showed. Under a framework, deals struck between the two parties in February on the structure of the potential listing, just 12.5% of Porsche stock will be sold on the open market. 
but even that could generate up to 10.6 billion euros based on Rudder's calculations. Elephant's analysis at Stifel said VW should work on the timing. The plan of the IPO was announced the same day Russia invaded Ukraine. The intention of float comes out exactly when Russia stops supplying gas to Germany. The stopping supplying for gas of Germany is kind of a little extreme to say, and we'll talk about that later in the oil articles. A framework deal for potential Porsche IPO was announced the same week Russia invaded Ukraine. The stifle analysis told that the plan was clearly positive and Volkswagen and top shareholders Porsche. Shares in both companies will fell among the broader market on Monday following Russia's move to indefinitely suspend flows of the via Nord Stream 1 pipeline. If an international interview published on Monday, Volkswagen finance chief and chief operating officer Arnold reiterated the carmaker's argument that the listing was funding its 52 billion euro transition to electrification. Poor status as a specialized luxury brand able to bump up prices makes it money maker for Volkswagen Group. Porsche operating profits jumped 22% in the first half of the year in contrast to 8% as the mass market or oriented Volkswagen brand. You know, we talked about a couple days ago about how Chobani was delaying its IPO because they wanted to be able to pay off some of their debts when they went to the public markets. And now they're not going to be debuting their stock as much. But Porsche might be able to weather the storm, okay? And this is the only reason I think that, okay? I remember back in 2015, I think it was, that Ferrari went public, okay? Ferrari stock, I remember looking at the time thinking, I should invest in Ferrari because it's a luxury brand. Ironically, the same time in 2015, I had read an article many, many years before this podcast had started and probably should have started that podcast back then. But I remember reading that in recession times, Rich people still will buy luxury brands. They have the money, okay? Porsche, if they go public, will probably be potentially a moneymaker, at least for some people who invest in it. There's no guarantee to making money, but at least Porsche might be able to weather this storm because a lot of the car makers right now, they're getting slammed, okay? In fact, I've talked to some people who are in the car industry and they said that it's hard to find cars these days. And even talking to mechanics, finding the parts is nearly impossible sometimes, depending on the part you're trying to look for. So it's going to be interesting to see if Porsche can weather the storm. I believe they will go public. Just don't know when, because it's, they're either thinking late September, early October. But they might be able to be one of the few companies that can weather the storm because it's a luxury brand. And rich people are going to be able to keep wanting to buy luxury brands because they have the money. The inflation's not really affecting them in any way, shape, or form. So it's going to be interesting to see what Porsche does. But like I said, by the time this podcast comes out, this might be an irrelevant news report, but we're we're going to talk about it. On to the next article, and it has to do with TikTok. TikTok is upending the music industry, and Spotify may be next. Zoe Lerma was working at a Los Angeles bagel shop in early 2020 when they first heard the song Super Lonely by Benny. She liked it so much, she choreographed a dance to the tune and posted it on her TikTok. Her video has since amused 45 million views, turning into her TikTok celebrity and helping to make a beanie a global sensation. As of September 2nd, Super Lonely has appeared in more than 5.7 million videos from thousands of TikTok users. Benny performed two sold-out arena shows in New Zealand in October 2020 when she was nominated for the New Artist of 2020 at the People's Choice Awards. Her hit song has gone platinum, meaning it sold the equivalent of 1 million copies in eight countries and has more than 2.1 billion streams across all platforms. 
when it started trending on TikTok and picking up on TikTok, I would hear it on the radio or, you know, hear it in the stores. Lerma, who, who's now 20, said in an interview with CNBC, I would hear it everywhere. Far from her days in the hot Southern California kitchen, Lerma now has 6 million followers on TikTok and makes a living by promoting music on the app and using her influence, a partner with brands. She's also part of TikTok's Create Fund, which pays popular contributors when her videos take off. TikTok owned by China, Baiti uh, Dance, is turning the music business on its head by increasingly becoming a hit-making machine. Artists can go from obscurity to global superstardom, thanks to a viral video that could be posted by a couple stranger. Even Fleet, Fleetwood Mac's dreams re-entered the charts in the 2020 after a clip of a man drinking cranberry juice on a skateboard exploded on the app. Record labels, artists, and creators are all trying to figure out how to profit in the new TikTok-dominated world and to make sure they're not getting left behind. If a song is going viral on TikTok and the artist is unsigned, as a result, it's getting millions of streams on Spotify. The labels are scrambling to sign that song or the artist, said uh, Tatiana Cristiano, a music industry analysis and consultant at Media Research. They're obsessed with expanding their market share and making sure they don't lose any market share to independent artists. TikTok's importance is under, under undeniably a year ago, the app topped 1 billion monthly users. Last month, a Pew Research Center found that 67% of teens in the U.S. use TikTok and 16% said they're on it almost constantly. The rest of the social media industry has been trying to play catch up. Facebook and Instagram parent Meta, for example, has been pumping money into short videos feature called Reels. While TikTok financials are still confidential because Bytee Dance is private, industry analysis say the app is winning a bigger piece of the online ad market as brands follow eyeballs. You know, the thing with TikTok that makes it a little interesting, it's not only that it's not only that it's just a bunch of young people are using it, but at the same time, it's going to be hard for these music industry people to be able to keep up with the trends that are happening. And all honestly, you don't know how many times I am a volleyball coach myself and I see a lot of the young kids always posting on TikTok. In fact, my club director sometimes will complain about how the kids these days care more about doing TikTok dances than they do about learning volleyball. And my only thought, and I remember telling him this once I said, is that any different from when we were growing up and we used to do, I can't remember what it's called now at this point, but we had our own version back in the day. It's just funny to think that this this whole they 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 just they're not going to be able to keep up. Okay, and what's also interesting too, even recording this podcast currently right now, there's an option for like when I record right as I'm recording this podcast. If I really wanted to, I could make my own music on podcasts. I really could if I wanted to. Because think about it, my podcasts currently go on Spotify. They go on Apple. They're going all over the place wherever I put them on. Right, but if I was a single person right now who wasn't signed by any of these major brands currently, right? I could release music on Spotify or Apple Music or you name it, right? And if I get big enough on either of those platforms because of TikTok, in reality, do I need the music industry to help me as much anymore? It's hard to tell. I mean, what's nice is with the internet, the, the playing field becomes a little bit more easier, it's a little easier for a lot of people to be able to break into these markets. Now it used to be a members only club, but now with the internet, it kind of makes the playing field pretty easy and these bigger players don't like it. And so what I'm curious about with Spotify in particular is how Spotify eventually like 
they might have to make a brand new department at Spotify where they're just going to be focusing, like it's literally going to be like your job description is to look at TikTok and figure out what's the biggest trend so that we can make sure we make money off of this trend. That could potentially happen. At the same time, maybe Apple has to do almost the exact same thing. Hard to tell. But at the same time, it also makes me wonder how long will this trend happen with TikTok? I mean, oh, I remember what it was. It was called Vines back in the day. Vines lasted pretty long, but no one does Vines anymore. Same with Facebook. No one does Facebook as much anymore. And there will be a day where Instagram's not as popular anymore. So TikTok is top gun right now. But for how long is the ultimate question. And all honestly, internet can be great for that reason, but it's going to be interesting what happens to Spotify. Maybe it just becomes in the future that companies like Spotify just become a purely podcast play in the making. It's hard to tell, but it's still something to keep an eye out for. But it's good to see that TikTok is challenging these upper companies in a way just to, just to make things more interesting in the market, right? So on to the next article. And we'll finish today by talking about the oil and gas sector because there's a lot of articles about them these days. European markets close lower as Russian halts gas flows. Auto stocks nearly fall 5%. The pan-European stock 600 pre, uh, provisionally ended down 0.6%, having recouped some of its earlier losses. Autos plunged 4.8% to lead losses as most sectors and major forces slid deep into the negative territory. Oil and gas stocks bucked the downward trend to, to, to add 2% as price spiked once more. The sharp downward moves for risk assets came after Russia's state-owned energy giant Gazprom announced that gas flows to European via Nord Stream 1 pipeline would be halted indefinitely. Citing additional repair requirements, the euro fell sharply while Europe's gas prices soared. European stocks have advanced on Friday to route out a bruising week as investors reacted to the key jobs report, which showed the American economy added 315,000 jobs in August. The figure was just below the Dow Jones consensus estimate of 318,000. Well, the unemployment rate rose to 3.7%, slightly above expectations of 3.5%. The reading helped cool market fears that a much more buoyant labor market would give the Federal Reserve license to hike interest rates much more aggressively as it tries to rein inflation. Overnight in Asian Pacific markets, shares were mixed as investors digested the results at the private survey of Chinese services actively, which showed the sector grew in August. U.S. markets are closed in mind for Labor Day holiday. I think the market's going to be pretty much down tomorrow across the board. I mean, I'm glad CNBC is reporting this news and we're able to talk about it here on this on this uh, podcast. But here's the thing. They're making such a big deal out of this Nord Stream pipeline. They're making repairs to it. And I've read reports saying that it's going to be opened up on Saturday again, like the streamlining to Germany for the, street, the pipelines, okay? The other thing I don't fully get of why this is so insane right now is i mean europe is going to keep getting gas when they can we already know there's a bunch of european countries that have gone back to using coal energy as well and so wall street is just freaking out over a lot of things jobs reports inflation all that stuff it's like as if the boogeyman just came into the room and wall street's just freaking out that the boogeyman just came into the room but maybe one reason why the market slipped a little bit has to deal with what is being announced currently right now, especially in Asian markets since they're mixed currently right now. From CNBC reporting, oil producer group OPEC Plus surprises energy markets with a small production cut. Okay, A group of some of the world's most powerful oil producers on Monday agreed on small output cuts for the next month, surprising energy markets at a time of considerable turmoil. 
OPEC and non-OPEC partners and influenced energy alliances known as OPEC Plus decided to cut production targets by about 100,000 barrels per day from October. Energy analysis had broadly expected the group to stay on course with its product policy. Last month, OPEC Plus agreed to raise oil outputs by just 100,000 barrels per day. The, the minuscule boost was widely interpreted as a rebuff to the U.S. President Joe Biden after his visit to Saudi Arabia to ask OPEC kingpin to pump more to cool prices and help the global economy. OPEC Plus said in a statement that Monday's decision to revert back to August levels of production was because the upward adjustment was intended only for the month of September. The next OPEC Plus meeting is scheduled for October 5th. Oil prices traded sharply higher on Monday. International benchmark Brent crude rose 3.9% to $96.63 a barrel at around 1.45 London time. While U.S. Texas Instruments well, correction, while U.S. Texas Intermediate Futures dropped 3.6% to $90 a barrel. Oil prices, have, oil prices have fallen around 25% since early June after touting multi-year highs in March. The decline has been fueled by growing concerns that interest rate hikes and COVID-related restrictions in parts of China could slow global economic growth and curtail oil demand. Monday's announcement from OPEC Plus comes amid a bitter and escalating energy dispute between Russia and the West, with many in Europe's deeply concerned about the prospect of recession and a winter gas shortage. Meanwhile, market participations are closely monitoring the prospect of a supply boost from Iranian crude if Tehran can secure a renewed version of its 2015 nuclear deal. Oh, good. That's back on the table. Maybe we'll be talking about that in the future, too, in this future podcast. G7's back price cap on Russian oil. European gas prices jumped more than 20% on Monday after Russian state-owned energy giant Gazprom announced it would not reopen its main gas pipeline to Europe. Gas pipeline said indefinitely shut down was due to oil leak in a turbine. The Nord Stream 1 pipeline, which connects Russia to Germany via the Baltic Sea, has been scheduled to re- Here it is. This is what I was talking about. The Nord Stream 1 pipeline, which connects Russia to Germany via the Baltic Sea, has been scheduled to reopen on Saturday after a three-day maintenance work. The Kremlin's halter of European gas flows follows a joint statement from the group of seven economics powers backing a plan to implement a price capping mechanism on Russian oil exports. You know, we talked a little bit about the G7 summit and how they're trying to push for India and China to get involved and be like, hey, we need to put a cap on Russian oil that's being, since you're buying the Russian oil, okay? If I'm not mistaken right now, I think Russia's in the top 10 for Russia for oil producers in the world. And as I've mentioned in the past, I just don't see India or China slowing down their desire to buy cheap Russian oil. Okay. And CNBC can back me up a little bit on this a little bit because India says they're looking into it, but how much they'll look into it, let's just read to see what he has to say. It says India says it will look carefully at Russian oil price cap, rejects moral duty to boycott Moscow. India Petroleum Minister uh, on Monday said that the country will carefully assess whether the whether to support G7 proposals to impose a cap on the price of Russian oil. Quote, there are many conversations going on due to the large number of factors. Uh, Pruri told CNBC's Hadley Gamble at Gas Tech 2022 in Milani, Italy. Asked whether India would sign up to the G7 proposal to, to put a price cap on Russian oil, Pruri said that the world economy is still adjusting to the impacts of coronavirus pandemic and Russia's invasion of Ukraine. Now, what will the proposal mean? We will look at it very carefully, he said. Pruri added that it's still unclear which countries would take part in the proposed price cap on Russian oil and what possible implications could mean for energy markets. 
Finance minister represented G7 countries on Friday agreed on a plan to implement a price capping mechanism for Russian oil exports. The initiative is designed to curtail the Kremlin's ability to fund its onslaught in Ukraine and better protect consumers amid soaring energy prices. Energy analysis have been highly skeptical about the integrity of proposal, however, warning that the policy could backfire if key consumers such as China and India are not involved. Now, this is where it gets interesting. The energy finance minister from India says, I have a moral duty to my consumer. Okay, this is the part of the article that gets interesting. China and India have increased their purchases of Russian oil following the Kremlin's invasion of Ukraine, benefiting from discount rates. Puri said India consumes about 5 million barrels of oil per day, and it largely comes from Iraq, Saudi Arabia, Kuwait, and United Arab Emirates. Russia accounts for just 0.2% of India's oil imports at the end of March. Puri said nothing about the criticized India for increasing its supply of Russian oil following the Kremlin's invasion. I said Europeans, this is a quote, by the way, quote, I said the Europeans buy more in one afternoon than I do in a quarter. I'd be surprised if that's not the condition still. But yes, we will buy from Russia. We will buy from wherever, Puri said. Ask whether he has a moral conflict with buying Russia oil amid the criminal onslaught of Ukraine. Puri replied, no, there's no conflict. I have a mortal duty to my consumer. Do I, do I, do I as a democratically elected government want to, a situation where the petrol pump runs dry? Look what's happening in the countries around India. He's probably talking about Sri Lanka because we've talked about how Sri Lanka is virtually on the crisis mode right now, which is not that. It's literally just the island off of India. So the EU has called on China and India to take part of the G7 initiative to reduce the profits that Russia makes from selling oil. Europe's energy commissioner, uh, Simpson, told CNBC, uh, Sylvia Amarillo on Saturday that China and India were willing to buy Russian oil products while excusing themselves that this is important for the security of supply, but it is unfair to pay excessive revenues to Russia. It's not clear how the G7 will implement its price capping plan. The details are expected to be ironed out before early December when EU sanctions on seaborne imports on Russian crude kick in. The G7 is compromised is of, of US, Canada, France. Tr- correction, the G7 is comprised of the US, Canada, France, Germany, Italy, and the UK and Japan. Russia on Monday vowed to take retaliatory measures over the proposal and says it would stop selling oil to countries that impose price caps on Russian energy exports. This price cap, in my opinion, is not going to happen. The oil markets in particular, like India, China, they're going to probably keep buying oil. This prime minister, I can't give him a hard time too much. He's a pretty smart man. He probably doesn't want his country to end up like Sri Lanka, where the whole government just got ousted out and they put in a brand new government because inflation was running high and there was hardly any gas within the country. Okay, He doesn't want to end up like other nations where they're in desperate need of energy right now. He doesn't want revolution. So he's probably going to keep buying Russian oil, but it's only 0.2% of his country's, I guess, imports, which I somewhat have a hard time believing. But at the same time, I don't have any proof to back it up. Because remember, we've talked about this too in the past. Saudi Saudi Arabia is, they're, they're buying Russian oil. They are. We, we've, we've talked about it. We know China has been selling it. I have a theory that Saudi Arabia might be selling Russian oil too. And that's another thought thing that thought that when you think about too, if they're cutting down production levels at OPEC and let's say, let's just say president Joe Biden comes out and says, we need more oil OPEC plus get us more oil. I mean, the OPEC plus is not just going to be like, okay, fine. We'll just buy more Russian oil and just give you our excessive Russian oil. 
the oil markets under President Biden right now, I mean, it just seems like everything he does purposely puts the oil markets to make money, okay? And, and, I, and I don't have a lot of proof to back this up, but it just seems like everything he does just makes the oil markets more, I guess, valuable right now. Especially right now, there's such an energy crisis in the making that people need energy. I mean, I don't know how oil markets are going to keep going for the next year. But I do know, at least in my honest opinion, just looking at how things are going, I'm expecting these oil companies to still keep making money. I really do. And the only reason I say that is, I mean, oil prices are dropping, but there's still such a demand. I mean, there's not a demand in China currently, which would cause more chaos if that were to happen. But there is a demand for oil because we need energy. Everyone needs energy. It's what makes a comfortable life is having cheap, affordable energy. And right now, these companies are going to be making a lot of money. These oil companies will be. Gazprom, I believe, just reported earnings and they did really well. So it's hard to tell, but oil markets are just something to just continue to keep an eye on, especially under Joe Biden's presidency. I often wonder, and we'll end on this thought today, when Joe Biden's presidency ends, I wonder if he's going to do more for the oil markets in his presidency term, his first term, if he does land a second term, which I don't know if he will or not. But I'm just curious to know how history will look back on him, at least in the market perspective of it was a good thing Joe Biden took over because the oil companies made a lot of money and investors who were in oil, whether they're the big ones or the little guys, made a lot of money too. So it's hard to tell, but it is something I'm curious to think to find out in the future. So with that being said, thank you so much for listening to today's podcast today. I hope you have enjoyed it. If you had, please like and subscribe to this podcast. Every like and subscription we get can help grow this podcast so we get be able to keep talking about these events that are happening on Wall Street and we can be able to keep reporting as much as we can and be able to grow this podcast and reach out to people who would find this content interesting. I also ask too that you share with friends or family so that they may be able to share with their friends and family as well too as every like and subscription, like I said, can help grow this podcast. With that being said, fellow podcast listeners, thank you so much for listening to this podcast today. Thank you.